Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good to see you all this morning. Listen, I want to ask you a special favor. For those of you that never, ever do this, can you take a risk this morning and uh, share this on your Facebook page? Just hit the share button uh, or send it to somebody. Do one of those two things. That's the easiest way for us to get the word out. It helps us in so many ways to make sure that people know all the great ministries that you as a church are doing here. And um, I give thanks to you for those that, uh, that are willing to do that and take that risk. Um, it's kind of tough because it sort of means, you know, hey, I'm a person of faith and uh, I'm putting myself out there. And so I realize that. But uh, I want to invite you to take that risk this morning and share, share this page. Something else that's really cool is going on is we have been a ministry for kids for a long, long time. And we have an awesome children's sermon uh, that we want you to take a look at. We've got a link that's published in the chat so you can find that if you want the kids to get a chance to do a children's sermon they can do that now or they can do it later um, but it's there for you guys for for you to do that we had a great vacation bible school virtually this week it was crazy i want to lift up uh, our tech team that pulled that off uh ashton and Aaron just knocked it out of the park it was amazing amazing and the family ministry team did such a great job Aaron's one of our guys i keep looking over here because that's where Aaron is Aaron's here working uh the tech stuff here for us too so thank you guys so much for the ministry that you guys did it was awesome i think we had 220 kids uh in virtual vbs which is just absolutely crazy so want to lift that up as well and also we've got a 21 day challenge that's going on this is a really cool thing that we're doing across all campuses and i invite you to go to christelca.org the uh, website should be live and running on how you can kind of take on a 21 day challenge um, to make sure that we are more aware um, and uh, that we are more uh, in tune with racial equality um, all across the globe and in particular in our own neighborhoods so Take a look at that and, uh, and join us. All right, church, let me tell you something. I am not a great wilderness camper anymore. Let me just be very, very, very specific about that. I used to be great at going camping, you know, like take the camping gear out, pull all the stuff together. I was the guy that was like, I was always prepared for rain. So I would actually have uh, our campsite all set up. And then I had this like 20 by 15 tarp. All right, and it would be up in two trees on this side with the ropes ready to go because it was going to start raining. I would get on one side and Melody, my wife, get on the other, and we'd take it across and we'd put it up over the entire camp. I mean, like legit camping. Also, I'm chopping my own firewood. I'm taking a hatchet. And we're going to take care of this business. We're going to make my own firewood. I don't need to have any of this little fire starter logs. As a matter of fact, became quite famous for doing a one-match fire. That's a real skill. One match and the whole thing goes up. Used to be. Now, I'm kind of high maintenance. I got to have my fan, which means I got to have electricity. I got to be close to a water tap. I am not walking 100 yards to get a glass of water and wash my hands. I want water tap at the site or in the hotel room where I stay when I go camping now. is <laughs> when I go camping, I stay at the hotel. I went bathrooms close by, and I recently heard this story about this couple that went camping, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And they said they took their infant child, who's like four or five months old, and I thought to myself, y'all are crazy. You gotta, be, you gotta be crazy. All I gotta think about was how you deal with a dirty diaper at 3 a.m. Like, think about it for a minute. Like, if you don't have easy access to trash bag, that mug going to be hanging out in your tent until morning. Just let that sit for a second. 
That's nasty. Or then I thought about, like, what happens when the baby starts crying at 3 a.m.? It's a tent. You're not inside a house. Like, people are going to hear this. They're going to be like, whose baby is, man, get your baby to stop crying. And I thought, man, they're crazy. And then on top of that, they went this past week, and it was 90 degrees at night. Come on, son. That's crazy. You can't be camping in 90 degrees with humidity. Think about it. It's just miserable. Sweat plus a sleeping bag equals ew. And nobody can make the ew better than Christina, who's in with us this morning. So if you would give us a great big ew in the microphone, sweat plus sleeping bag equals ew. Ew. Except <laughs> when I think back, when I think about camping with my kiddos, when my kids were young, and the hot dog roasts, getting on tubes, and floating down the river, I'd wake up early and make pancakes on the griddle. I mean, just having such a good time being together, sitting around playing cards, staying up late, roasting marshmallows. Those moments were so precious to me. I used to joke, I used to joke that I bought my wife a vacation home at Walmart whose walls were made of nylon, <laughs> but we had this vacation home. We could go anywhere. I mean, like, we could literally just take our vacation home, pack it up in the car, and be anywhere we wanted to. But it was our home away from home. So many incredible, awesome adventures in that thing. Even though there were always something to deal with, it seems like there was always, like, uneven ground, or the wood was wet that we were trying to cut, or inevitably it would rain. Even though I was prepared with my tarp, they'd have some kind of rain runoff that I wasn't expecting that's running up underneath my tent. I remember one time, our tent, I had put the tarp up around the edges of it. I created, like, a little tent tarp boat with my tent right? And I kid you not, because you did, because you do that, you can't stake the tent into the ground. And we just happened to be in a massive water runoff and our tent started floating in this massive runner. I mean, it was just, it was just crazy, but it was still home. No matter where it was, it was still home, even from when we were far away from our house. I've been thinking a lot about the concept of home this week. This, this is our last week in this sermon series called Homesick, you know, being stuck in our houses all the time. But I've been thinking about the concept of home quite a bit. And I remember a story about an elderly man that was in hospice care. Um, hospice is like at the end of your life, um, they'll bring in some nurses to your home or to a particular place, and they'll kind of help you ease out of this life. And it's a beautiful, the hospice workers are some of the most incredible people that I have ever met because of the kind of ministry that they do just to be with, just to be with people. I remember a story about this elderly man that was, that was dying, and his daughter told us this story um, that said that as he was dying, he kind of kept looking off into a corner of a room and seeing some people and his, his favorite cousin kind of reaching out his hand to, to her father, and uh, he was talking to her a little bit about this, and he looked at his daughter and said, I want to go home. And when she heard that, she was like, but dad, um, we're home. You're, you're at your house. We're, you know, just trying to reassure him that you're home. You're not in a hospital somewhere. You're not, you know, in, in some strange place. You're, you're at home. And he said again, no, I want to go home. She knew exactly what he meant. She went on to describe the most beautiful moment of him taking his last breath and going home. 
What a moment of warmth with her father. And I guess, personally, I've always been really curious, thinking about, like, what's out there? Like, what is that that he was seeing? Like, what is heaven really all about? What's it going to be like? When I was a kid, I got this book. Uh, it's called I Saw Heaven. And I'm sure there's like 50 books like this called I Saw Heaven, but it was the one that somebody gave me. I don't know. I was a little kid. I was asking questions about like, you know, like what's heaven really like? And they gave me this, this book. Now, I, listen, whenever you get those things, you have to come in with a, a particular amount of critical thinking, all right? But it was such a cool book for me as a kid, like reading this and thinking about all the things they were saying. Jesus and this kid went fishing. Right? So this kid like goes to heaven. He has this like near-death experience. He goes to heaven and comes back. But he goes fishing with Jesus. And eventually Jesus is like, all right, well, I hope you had a good time. I'll see you later. And boom, he's like back in the real world, right? Back in this, this world. And the streets were made of gold, which, all right, can we just pause on that for just a minute? Because that seems like real Kanye. And, and I think it might be a little bit gaudy. But if that's the thing, I mean, you do you. <laughs> the streets were made of gold. I mean, all right, that's cool. But the streets were made of gold. They were singing. It was beautiful music playing. It was just this massive, beautiful thing. And it seemed so awesome to think about. And now we've got this show called The Good Place. You ever watch the show called The Good Place? It might be one of the funniest shows on television. But for millennia, people have been obsessed with what happens to you after you die. What is heaven all about? Uh, scripture gives us a little bit every once in a while, right? We've got some great stuff in Paul. I'm not going to go through all of that right now, but if you want more information, email me, and I'll get you some really cool stuff that you can check out. But Paul talks a little bit about heaven, and Revelation talks about it, kind of seems to point to that new Jerusalem, kind of. But this scripture in John that we're going to look at today is particularly helpful. I want to invite you to open your Bibles to John 14. I'm going to read the uh, NIV version of John 14. We're going to do 1 through 6, and then we're going to skip down to 18 and 19. Now, before I break into this, let me just stop for a second and tell you what's going on. These disciples have been with Jesus, right? This is like 13 chapters leading up to this of all the things that he's done, miracles and healing and feeding the 5,000, all of this stuff. And now they have eaten dinner, right? They've had the meal in the upper room, and Jesus has given them the, the communion time. Wash their feet. Absolutely beautiful, incredible experience. And now he's sitting with his disciples right before he's about ready to go and be crucified. At least he knows that he's about ready to go and be crucified. And he's told them about it too. And he says to them, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to go there and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. <laughs> I love Thomas, man. He's like the strongest, deepest thinker, I feel like, of all the disciples. He was not satisfied post-resurrection. He's not satisfied pre-resurrection either. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And skip down to 18. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live 
you also will live. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. Such a cool way to think about what's next. You know, the disciples are like, we don't really know where that is. We don't know the way. We don't understand what this is all about. But the way that he's describing it with with rooms, he says one of those rooms is for you, that I am preparing a place for you. Now think about it. These are people that have been traveling with Jesus for a long, long time. They've been through everything. Like I said, they've seen all the miracles. They've seen the healings. They've seen all these things happen. And they are traveling and traveling and traveling. And now they're sitting here with Jesus. And he keeps talking about how he's going to die and how he's going to leave them. So think of what a comfort it would be for them to hear, in my father's house, there are many rooms. And every one of you has a place there. Anybody travel a lot? You guys travel a lot? I know there's a lot of folks that, that used to travel a lot. Maybe they don't so much now, but a lot of people travel for work and all that stuff. And you find where like on day three, you're like, okay, I, I am ready to be home. No matter how much fun the hotel might be or any of those other things, you're just kind of ready to be home. This would have felt good for them. Like you were finally coming home after a really, really long trip. That comfort of home, of being cared for by somebody. And, and, and then he says that, he prepares a place for you. Think about that. These disciples don't have anybody preparing things for them. They've always had to do their own thing, right? And all of a sudden, Jesus says, that's flipped upside down. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to set it up. I'm going to go ahead and get everything ready so that when you come, it'll be perfect and just for you. How amazing is that? It might be a little silly, but I think about that like that hotel kind of thing, right? That feeling of like staying in a hotel when you go in and the room is like so nice and neat, hopefully. <laughs> Some of you have gone to bad hotels in this little funky town. But you go to a nice hotel and all of a sudden, you know, everything is so beautifully laid out and your covers are all in place and everything's there. Or maybe, or maybe it's like day two and you forgot that they were going to come in and clean up and like remake your bed and all that stuff. And they come and do that and you've got new towels and it's like, oh, they've prepared this place just for me or maybe you had that little turn down service where they pull your little bed sheets down and put a little chocolate on your pillow and it just feels so nice I know it's a little silly but think about that feeling of someone preparing a place just for you someone thought about you that's what these guys would need to be feeling and Jesus gives them exactly what they need to hear they're so ready Awesome, Lord. We love this. We're so in. Okay, how do we get there? What what do we need to know? Like, where's the secret map? I need to know exactly what I'm supposed to do. Now, it's helpful if we go off just for a second and realize that when this was written down, when we got this story, when it came from spoken into being written, there were all kinds of groups of Christian people that said they knew the secret to heaven. So this scripture kind of jumps right against all that. There is no secret map. There is no unusual way. It is just that Jesus is the way. Jesus replies, it's me. I am the map. I am the way. I'm right in front of you, right here, right now. I can imagine being there when he said that and being like, "Um, okay, Uh, you are the way, cool, 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 cool. What in the world do you mean by that? And then Jesus' love in his great mercy, in his great love, in his great patience, reassures them that he's got it all taken care of. The future is in Jesus' hands. 
And they're seeing that heavenly home right here, right now. Jesus is fully present with them. I mean, just imagine that for a second. Just, just, just close your eyes for a second and imagine that. I know it's silly closing your eyes in front of a computer. I can't tell they're closed or not. Just do it. It would be awesome. Just imagine being right there in that moment, soaking in the presence of Jesus, the Savior of all creation. Through him, the world was created. He's the Word made flesh, and he's standing in front of you right now. Just let that sit there for a minute and breathe that in. Now, remember earlier when I read you Scripture, maybe the best view of our heavenly home is right here. Of course you do. You were listening so very carefully. I choose my words very carefully. <laughs> but maybe the best view of our heavenly home is right here, right now, right there where you are. Walk with me here for just a second. Uh, the, these weeks are crazy. I, I'm sure they are for you, where you go like up and down with emotions and, you know, your feelings about different things. I mean, it's just it's such a weird time for us. And there's some, there's some really interesting studies, I'm sure, that we'll find in like two or three years that study this time in humanity about what all is going on. But it was just a crazy week, right? So we're, we're getting ready to go out of town for a little bit just to kind of take a breather and, 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 and breathe. And there's craziness going on in my house. I mean, craziness going on in my house. Now, we have a lot of children, so I realize, you know, Matt, you should probably expect there's going to be craziness in your house because you have a lot of children. Yeah, 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 I get it. But there's furniture all the place. My three-year-old has decided that he wants to rearrange every room that we're in consistently. So, like, anything that could be in place is now being moved out of place. And you know when things are out of place and you're one of those folks that, like, I can have stuff out of place everywhere else, but just I need, like, a couple of places where it's just everything is where I expect it to be. Well, he's rearranging stuff everywhere, even in my quiet places. And there's dog hair on the floor. I love my dogs. I love them. But sometimes not as much as I hate that hair that's in my house from those dogs. I got dog hair everywhere. And there's noise. It's constant. There's constantly something going on, driving us crazy. Both Melody and I was driving us crazy this week. Constantly things are out of place. I can't ever find what I'm looking for. I'm losing my mind walking around for it. And it was about to go down. I mean, Daddy was about ready to walk in the room and say, all right, kids, bring it together. We're going to have a things to do list. We're going to clean up this house. I'm going to have quiet time for about a half an hour or 45 minutes or whatever I can get. I'm doing it right now. Daddy had enough and all of a sudden it hit me someday my house will be quiet my furniture won't be daily rearranged my shoes won't get lost in a sea of other people's shoes there won't be dog hair all over my house it'll be more of a house than a home and that will be the worst day ever. Because this is what home really is. It's right here. It's right now. We spend so much time looking out the window for heaven that we miss what's right here and right now. Now, let me give you a couple of disclaimers, okay? Disclaimer number one. I know some of you all are in a tough home situation right now. I know you are. I, I've had conversations with you. I talked to you this week, and I'm thinking of you. This moment doesn't feel like anything that you want to repeat. 
Some of you need out. You need help. I want to invite you to take a risk and reach out to me, reach out to our staff. We're here for you. And in the meantime, remember that this is, this is a chapter. This is a chapter. This is not the end of your story. Amen. Disclaimer number two. I'm not suggesting that heaven or post-death situation or resurrection day is not going to be awesome. When Jesus returns in all his fullness and death is defeated forever and sin doesn't have a word in our lives and sickness and division and politics and people going against one another and not caring for each other is all finally put to bed. I'm not saying that that's not going to be the best day ever, but what I am saying is that little glimpse of home is probably closer than you think. And that's what Jesus is driving at here. I'm going to read this scripture for you again. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to go there and prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and I will take you to be with me so that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. What hope-filled, restorative words these would have been for these disciples to hear. These were people that were likely worried. Jesus keeps talking about his death. Things are not well outside the doors of the house that we're in. He's upset. They're upset, unsure about the future, wondering if life would ever feel normal again. <laughs> and guess what? <laughs> Those hope-filled, restorative words hit us here now, too. These people that were likely worried, us too, everybody say check. They were upset, us too, everybody say check, check. Unsure about the future, us too, everybody say check. Wondering when life would feel normal again, us too, everybody say check. So church, so church, if you find yourself constantly looking out the window or down the road for what heaven is going to be, that that grass is someday going to ultimately greener, sure, it, it will. But stop. Look at the gifts of God that God has already put around you right here, right now. Look and see the home that Lord is forming around you right here, right now. Look and see where Jesus is already in your life. And remember that Jesus said, I am the way. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to have a secret map. You don't have to lay out plans and preparations. You don't even have to pack a suitcase because the Lord 
Lord God of all creation is all you need and has prepared that place for you. And he is right here, right now. And furthermore, seeing our heavenly home means looking for it right now. So where do you see heaven happening right now? Where do you see Jesus right now? We see it in people standing side by side in the fight against racism. Our country is in the midst of it. And as we stand together with our black brothers and sisters, we stand against something way bigger, but it is not bigger than God. It is not bigger than the church's ability to affect it. We see Jesus when we share communion around our tables at home. I've heard story after story of you sharing communion in your homes, and it's such a beautiful and wonderful thing. Keep sharing that every Sunday as we gather together. We see it, oh man, oh man, we see it in the mess. We see it in the mess when things out of places, the wrestling matches that topple the glass of water on the table and you got so freaked out and mad that you had got spilled water all over the place and I don't have time to clean this up and I got so many better things to do and y'all are always so loud and there's other things going on and daddy's about ready to make it go down. We see Jesus in the tears as my kids run into my arms because they need me. And we see Jesus in this time this time right here, right now. Brothers and sisters, if you're having trouble seeing that heavenly home around you right now, try taking a breath and saying, Lord, I need to see more of you in the midst of this mess. I need to see more of you in the midst of this hurt and this chaos and this abnormal I see it around the campfire <laughs> when I get to hold my little ones and even my big ones. <laughs> That's a glimpse of heavenly home. And I pray that we're not taking that for granted. Not one day. Not one breath. Because one day, my house will be quiet. I'll miss that mess. I'll miss that craziness so much. So church today, right here, right now, look around you and see home. Pray with me if you would. God, you are so good so, so good. You pull us in close. And even as we think, I, I can't see you, I, I don't know you like I want to know you. You respond back to us. I won't leave you as orphans. I won't leave you. I know you and I love you in the midst of your mess in the midst of all the things that you've got out of place and I love you right here and right now Amen Alright I hope that was helpful if so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend 
so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.